Hello and welcome on the island. Back again for another week of Survivor Season 40, Winners at War, week number nine. I am your host of the On the Island podcast, Taylor Gaines, here to talk about the latest episode and everything that happened from yoga on extinction to idols inside podiums to kindness being roundly criticized. We're going to cover it all here on this episode. With me this week is just my one main guest <laughs> who is here every week on this show, even when I'm not sometimes. He's trying to talk into the podium because he thinks it's a microphone, but it's really just a podium. It's Tyler B. Commons. Oh, I'm excited for this episode. There's just so many crazy, exciting things. So much, like, emotions flying around. We always say the merge is, like, when the game really starts, but this episode felt much more, like, hit the ground running, tons of different crazy crap happening all over the place, and it it made for a very, very exciting episode, and I loved it. Everything broke open, finally. (laughs) How are your emotions, Ty? Are you hanging in there? Man, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm just living the dream, you know? Aren't we all? Just sitting at home, watching Survivor, finding new TV shows. <laughs> it's actually not so bad when you put it that sitting way. Sitting on the internet, um, <laughs> going for runs, playing some basketball. You know, it's, it's, it's whatever. It's a lifestyle. Have you watched... The television show Ozark? Yes. Love that show. I'm in the middle of season three, so don't spoil it. Well, you would actually have to spoil it for me because now that season three was just released on Netflix, I watched episode one of season one the other night. Crazy mm. show. I was very into it. <laughs> Dude, it's it does not disappoint. And so far, season three is not disappointing either. So, Man, I know I, this is not an Ozark podcast, but my main thought was like, Every single idea they had for the first season, they put into the first episode. See, you think that, but it just it gets better. It's, in, it's just <laughs> so intense the whole time. It's incredible. For those who don't know, I would describe it as like Breaking Bad. If Breaking Bad started like four seasons in when Walt was already making meth all the time, that's sort of <laughs> where it jumps off from. And stars Jason Bateman, who is hilarious even in the show. I absolutely agree. And I think if we want to bring it back to Survivor, sometimes it feels like whatever pre-tribal was this episode. Just crazy, intense people running around. <laughs> that's all That's all you have to know about that show. I recommend it. Watch it when you're not watching Survivor. So there's something else to do to fill your time. To fill some of our time, we can talk about the show we came here to talk about, which is Survivor. Ty, what did you think of this week's episode? I thought these people are all bumbling, fumbling idiots. I can't stand them. Just kidding. That was me quoting Michelle. Uh, just top to bottom, this was this was very reality show. We talked about Wendell Michelle reality show a few weeks ago, and this episode just had so much. I think the tension is finally bubbling over because so many people have been scared to make moves or say anything or do anything. And I think they can see the end. They've been out there, you know, longer than three weeks already, like 23 days or something when this vote happened. And it, it's 
it's heating up very, very quickly, and I'm very excited to see this gameplay happening. Yeah, I found it thrilling of, like, all the buildup we've had weeks, weeks, and weeks of them being really cagey and not really saying names, not throwing anything out, always kind of waiting to let someone else make a mistake, but no one ever making a mistake. So they're all just kind of sitting like, what kind of cats sit up in trees and hunt people? Is there a cat that does that? Uh, I think I've seen a jaguar leap on an alligator in some video. That one's crazy. <laughs> so they were like jaguars waiting to leap on alligators. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I was so mad that there was a question on Jeopardy the other night that was something along the lines of these pirates might now face the Oakland Raiders in football. And the answer was Buccaneers, and I live in Tampa Bay, and I didn't get it, so I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, always... we got new uniforms. We got Tom Brady. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm, talk- I'm here to talk about different sports mascots, which is Jaguars jumping on alligators from trees. <laughs> and I loved it. I felt like... I don't know the, a, another good analogy, as good as that one is, but... It was just like once someone hit the ground, everyone did, and it was just madness. And I know they probably edited it to make it seem even crazier than it was, but it really worked for me a lot. It was almost like watching, if we're going to keep pulling random analogies out, it was like watching Planet Earth, and they talk about those like frogs that go into hibernation for like a full year, and then it rains one time in Africa, and they all breed and wake up, and everything goes crazy, and there's just life everywhere, and then it's like dormant again. And I feel like next week could go dormant again because it felt like the lines are very um, seriously drawn this episode in a way that moving forward might be boring next week as far as strategically playing. But it's just, it was so much all at once and so exciting and fun to see these different people playing. And, like, I loved Sarah saying, like, you don't write my name down. You're going to see what happens. Like, just it wasn't necessarily only the words, but it was also, like, the attitude and the demeanor behind it. Like, you can see that these people are confident because they've won and they have strategy and they know what they're doing. Yeah, to reference Ozark again, there's a moment in the first episode <laughs> where there's some kind of, like, drug pin who... Jason Bateman and his partner are helping to money launder. That's not really a spoiler. It happens pretty early. And he comes in and he's like, you steal from me? And they're like, no. And he's like, I think you stole from me. And then, you know, they get in like a a whole hotly contested debate about it. But it felt like that kind of power struggle, if there was 12 of that character on the island, because they're all like overconfident winners who... Whenever anyone's coming after any of them, they're all like, you're coming after me. It's time to die. (laughs) Like, even Nick was like, are you serious? I'm going to go crazy now. And Nick was, like, really aggressive and tribal all of a sudden. It was just thrilling. Nick was great. I love the opening of this episode where he's like, I hate these people. I can't stand them. I hate them. I hate them to death. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I think he had a quote that said, I want to get on that train now where I love blood. Something like that. <laughs> it was he was seeing red, and it it made for such a good episode. And seeing the strategy come together, and seeing so many people like they were all willing to 
talk to each other, minus maybe Ben and Adam, which we'll get into later. But just seeing everybody feel like they have the angle and the power is an interesting thing that you don't always see because a lot like the strategy nowadays is to not be seen as having all the power. And that's what they're trying to do. But this episode, it seemed like everybody thought they had the power. It's like cinematic, too, where Jeremy will sit back on the bench, like, with his hands behind his head, like like he's some kind of godfather. And Sarah and Nick are talking about taking people out. Ben is just, like, bullying Adam constantly to try to get information out of him. Yeah, it's it's thrilling. I, I know confident people, hot take, confident people can be annoying in real life but it's great for Survivor. (laughs) I was a big fan of cool guy Jeremy because you saw all the craziness happening and he just had like the biggest smile on his face like with his arms behind his head like, it's not me. I'll tell anyone what to do. Just come to me. I'll tell you what needs to happen and we'll move forward. And like, I was soaking up that part of the montage of anything Jeremy was doing. When confidence is backed up by like real skill and talent, it's, it's pretty exciting. But... There was one person who was probably the great exception to all of that confidence and anger and I mean, maybe not anger, a little bit of anger, but like kind of the righteous anger that everyone else had. I felt like Adam was, he completed his total fall from super likable winner to <laughs> like confusing kind of annoying whiner. Am I being too hot? At, at the way Adam was. <laughs> I don't I don't know because it's almost like he's the only one playing the way you play in an all rookie season where you actually try to discuss moves and you actually try to make things happen and he's going crazy because nobody's willing to talk to him or willing to work with him. So I don't I don't know that he became unlikable like I think as a person he's still totally fine but I just think he couldn't handle all the secrecy and all the lack of control like he he wasn't comfortable just hanging back making shot calls being quiet he he, he, he wanted control so badly he tried to take it right from Jeff <laughs> he did which is one of the funniest Tie. Um, moments <laughs> I want to spend approximately the the net <laughs> I want to spend approximately the next 75 minutes talking about Adam and his decision to try to steal an idol from the podium at Tribal Council because that was somehow one of the most thrilling things I've seen on this show in so long (laughs) because there was the teaser at the beginning and you're like, oh my God, that'd be crazy if he does it. And then it comes back up later and you're like, oh my God, is he going to do it? And then the whole tribal, you're thinking about it. Things are going crazy. You're like, oh, my God. And then right before the vote, you're like, wow, this is actually going to happen. And the moment itself did not disappoint. No, I loved when he got up and he walked over there and and tried. And I was reading an article today, and I think that that is what you have to appreciate about everything Adam has done this season is how hard he was trying to play the game. I don't think the way he was playing it translated well, but just seeing him, like, I don't know. 
I want to say I would if that was my only option to stay in the game, but that would be really hard to walk over knowing millions of people are going to see you. Also, all your friends who you chill with back in America at all these charity events and speaking and whatever he's been doing, like it's it's a gutsy move. So I definitely Maybe I was have to, wrong about confidence. It takes a lot of confidence to, to even try that. Yeah, like I have to give him props and bravery and all that stuff, but it was definitely <laughs> one of the best moments. And Jeff toying with him, uh, wow! Jeff, Jeff handled that so well. I thought it was awesome. He's like, "Well, do you think it's an idol?" I'm he handled it so well that I thought for a second it was going to be an idol. I hundred percent was on board. I was like, "There's no way they <laughs> reference this in the beginning," and then like that's all you're thinking about and he goes for it like i 100 percent was on board with thinking that it could be real and jeff definitely was like do you think it's not an idol he's like yes i want to play that that thing that i can't hold i want to play that he also do it? tried to pull it out for long enough that i was like like it felt like i was watching someone at one of the claw toy machines just trying over and over again to get the same toy out because I don't know if they edited it to make it look like he was there longer than he was, but it seemed like he was pulling at it for 30 to 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been. As someone who has spent, you know, six or seven dollars at one of those one time, that, it was one that cost 50 cents. So you got to. That's a lot of attempts I did. Did you win? I eventually, I eventually won. I remember I don't. I was nine or ten or something. There's something in there I really wanted. and A minion? We were no minions weren't out when I was nine or ten. <laughs> oh, that's right, you're forty five years old. I'm super old. And, uh, <laughs> I kept going. We were out to eat with some family friends, and I was getting money not from my parents but from my friends' parents, which made it even better. <laughs> they were the ones forking over the cash, so I could get. I don't even remember what it was. It was probably like stuffed animal or basketball or something. Who knows? But all that being said, watching Adam struggle to try and tear apart the set was awesome yeah and obviously that wasn't even close to the only thing crazy happening at tribal it was just the perfect like cherry on top of everything else i think this was one of the more interesting tribal councils i've seen in a really long time in a season that's been pretty cagey like we were talking about things breaking open ben and adam must have argued back and forth about their pride and their ego for five to ten minutes while everyone else was whispering, constantly getting up and moving around behind them, and them seeming to pay no attention whatsoever to what was happening. Which I think is is great. I'm trying to figure out Ben's perspective, because I think Ben knew that he was safe, and knew the vote, and was confident in the way it was going, so therefore he didn't mind just sitting there and talking to Adam while everyone got their ducks in a row. And I think that that bodes well for him, I, I thought it was funny. This is this is my takeaway. When he and Adam were in the jungle and he went up, like, he did the exact same thing to Adam that Boston Rob did to him, like, two or three weeks ago. He came at him straight yeah. up and he's like, tell me, tell me. And he's like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, you just told me. I'm walking away. And Adam's like, no, no, walk away. And he's like, are you going to tell me anything? No? Okay, I'm done. Like, it was... Ben has had a crazy look this season and sometimes he's looked really really bad and other times he's looked really really good 
And in the new modern era, I don't know if pulling a page out of uh, Boston Rob's book is the best look for him, but I'm excited to see that he's growing at least a little bit strategically. And I think that strategically he was smart enough to know that during Tribal Council, he didn't have to get up and do all that whispering. He could just keep Adam distracted long enough for everybody to figure out, is that finally what we're actually going to do? Yeah, it's probably a tough strategy in 2020 because I noticed even during Tribal Council, Boston Rob himself said, wow, Ben seems really paranoid from over on the jury bench. And obviously Rob didn't recognize that paranoid play when it took him out a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But maybe he sees it now. Like, you just can't play like that anymore in Survivor. And I think... Ben probably feels he has more power than he does at this point in the game. And he's certainly on the right side of things. But I just don't feel that optimistic about him because he hasn't been very adept in social situations. He just kind of blunt force drives his way through things. But I think the 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 best thing he has going for him is that relationship with Sarah, which kind of got his name thrown under the bus a little bit for how close they are. And I think because we've talked about it, the season he won, he literally just won because he won immunity over and over and over yeah. and then put himself in the fire-making challenge just to bolster his win percentage again. And, you know, they handed it to him because he definitely played the best and played the least scared and I think that he's had to come out here of all well I can't say of all the people because Michelle's also a questionable winner from the standpoint of the audience at least but I think he's a player that's growing the most and I'm worried where his influence is coming from is it coming from somebody like Jeremy who's playing well and cool and calm and collected or is it coming from somebody like Rob who bullied him on day 11 and then he turns around and does the exact same thing to Adam on day 23 obviously aside from Ben and Adam going back and forth so loudly Nick would have stood out during tribal as well I mean we talked about his blood quote earlier my favorite quote from him during tribal council was if this is winners at war, it's the saddest war I've ever seen. Let's fight. I'm ready. <laughs> and it came off a little meaner sounding than I just did it. And I was like happy for him. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, go out fighting. And I'm still concerned about where he stands because of the way the vote broke down. He was the second highest vote getter. Obviously, it wasn't close, but eight votes for Adam from Michelle's Tyson, Tony, Sophie, Kim, Ben, and Jeremy. Sarah and Denise voted for Nick. Oh, sorry. Nick also voted for Adam. But Adam with the one vote for Sarah. So are you concerned about Nick going forward? How do you feel about him recovering? I am really concerned. I mean, the episode opened. He and Michelle were both kind of blindsided um, last week. And they seem to be on the outside. The fact that, uh, at least from my opinion, they did a split vote in case Adam had an idol or something like that and had Sarah and Denise vote for Nick. I feel like he's still on the bottom. 
But if we get some chaos happening, like happened this week, I think that's the best thing for him. You know, saying he wants to fight, if he can find a hold anywhere, I think that that's kind of the best part because at least according to the episode we got to see, he kind of triggered everybody talking about everybody else. So it's it's good to see that he's out there and still playing but right now it almost feels like he and michelle are on the outs and he's a little bit farther out than michelle yeah michelle at least got her vote on the right side of things and has her 50 50 advantage which we can talk about but i don't know it's gonna be tough for nick but i like him i feel like he has a better chance than adam based off of what we saw from adam in the meantime before we move off of adam what would you say happened what happened to him well i think he's just had a really rough three years of being a millionaire and you know he came out it's a tough time to be a millionaire (laughs) i'm just kidding i i think that he didn't so he's one of the people that is playing for his second time ever and you see some of these people have played two three even four times And I think that he was all gung-ho and wanted to play really, really hard again. And I think you're kind of seeing the same thing from Nick. And you're also seeing Michelle is wanting to prove something because a lot of people say she didn't deserve her win either. So it's almost like the people who aren't veterans in the sense they've played more than two seasons are playing too hard and they're not relaxed and they're really struggling to keep up with this style of gameplay you know where everybody is good at it and i just think that that's what adam fell victim to i think he didn't realize how difficult this season was gonna be and it just kind of passed him by and then he tried to jump on it too late but he no one wanted to work with him so i I just think that he wasn't able to keep up you know, there's been so much talk of old school, new school. This is a new school player that seems like he didn't keep up with what was happening. To be clear, Jeff did say in an interview today, I know you'll be shocked to hear this, Ty, but I looked up his interview <laughs> in Entertainment Weekly. He said that they have never hidden an idol or advantage at Tribal because they don't want players to destroy the set. Quote, I don't see that changing. If there was ever anything to be found at Tribal, it would be very obvious to the players. So that's the explanation on that. The other explanation that I loved from this episode was Tony explaining how Tribal Council works. And I decided that once Jeff retires, Tony should be the host of this show. Because it was so funny to watch him. Adam was trying to get everyone to tell what they were voting, what they were thinking... And Tony was like, you want us to tell you? I mean, the whole point of this thing is we go up there, we write it down. He goes up, he gets the votes, he comes back, he reads them, we find out that person goes. <laughs> and I would just live for like him explaining different Survivor things like, you guys are going to go, you're going to do the challenge, you're going to come back, you do the puzzle. Whoever does the puzzle first, you don't have to go to tribal. <laughs> just on and on like that would be glorious. Yeah, I think Tony... Tony's played really well and even seeing him talk to sarah after her very questionable decision i I think we're seeing a lot of really good things from him including being the funny guy that everybody loves at tribal and i think that 
more so than just being able to host a show or whatever, I think that that's a strategy that he's employing. He's doing really well this season is not being loud, obnoxious, in-your-face, crazy guy Tony, but, like, calm, mellow, collected. I mean, we got to see him build a ladder and, like, have fun with people, but he's not, like, making people paranoid or wary of him. He's being loud and he's being boisterous in his personality, but he's also not doing it in a way that's alienating himself, and I think that's a really good look for Tony. I will say, though, Ty, his other moment in this episode was him explaining to Sarah why she has to be more of a barbarian and less of a human when she's out on Survivor, because her move to give Nick reward in the reward challenge that was won by herself, Kim, Ben, Sophie, and Michelle, with uh, Denise going as a undrafted selection, having to sit the bench tough look especially later in the episode she said she felt like she aged a few years during this period she's just the cam newton of the survivor cast right now apparently but uh sarah gives up her reward of american chinese food to nick claiming it was just because it was his birthday and the fascinating thing about survivor is it's such a heightened dramatic world and perception is everything and strategy is everything that it actually doesn't matter what her intention was because there's only one way people are going to read that move and it's jury management trying to show yourself as someone people should like or whatever and they're not going to take it well it's what there's nothing else to talk about there what else are people going to talk about at camp other than you doing that (laughs) i hate that that's the thing we talk about it perception equals reality out there even though that's not necessarily the truth because i really like sarah i like sarah as a player i think she's playing well and well and you know what since i, I believe her not, i do too like what since <laughs> when can you not do nice things for people i think she even said that she's like i just want the world to be a little bit nicer to each other and it's like okay great person like when she played and she had the Zeke moment, like, I think she's just genuinely a kind person, and it sucks that that can be used against her, and you know what? If everyone else votes her out because she's a nice person, screw all them. (laughs) She doesn't doesn't need I I take your point, but it wasn't just Tony criticizing her. It was, like, people who we respect a lot like Jeremy saying he's been voted out for doing that move in the past and he knows better. You should not do that. Or even Nick, who she did it for, was like, yeah, I don't trust her any more than I already did. So, <laughs> Well, that's it, where you have to remember it's a reality show. It's not reality. You can't be a nice person and win Survivor at this point anymore. You can't stick with one alliance. <laughs> Hear me out though, Ty. What's the difference between reality and reality show when a reality show host is the president of our reality? <laughs> uh, Not a political podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was interesting because I I think she hasn't had a lot of big moments this season other than just like pure confidence, and to see her like kind of get exposed for showing that she's a human was 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 fascinating. It, yeah, it's. 
I don't like that that puts her on the bottom, but I think strategically speaking, I definitely can see other people being like, oh, jury management, the guy that we all know we want to get rid of in the next three, sure. You can't you can't give yourself that big of a target playing this game for $2 million. So there's two other interesting things that happen in this episode, the first of which chronologically was Edge of Extinction and the search to find some more advantages that they could sell back to people in the game. I will say, just in general about Edge, I think I've been thinking about this a lot. The only reason it works with this group and never worked before is because there's something really surreal about watching a group of winners waste away on this island for people who have already been voted out. It kind of feels like you're watching Major League Baseball players or NBA players just shoved down into the minor leagues for no reason. And it, they, they just look awkward and out of place. Like, they don't know what to do. Wendell's, like, climbing up into a tree and, like, looking around. And the analogy maybe doesn't totally work because all those guys would crush in the minor leagues. But... It just looks weird and feels kind of comical to see them have to go through it. Yeah, it's it's been a really awkward Edge of Extinction. I, th- this is where I would bite back a little bit. I just don't think Edge of Extinction as a concept is a good concept. But it, I think oh, I, it, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> it, right, but I think it works this season... I mean, I guess you're still, to keep your analogy, you're still interested in the players that get pushed down to the minor leagues. Exactly. Like, I still want to know what's happening with Rob and Parvati and uh, Ethan and all that stuff. But it, it it's good. This is definitely a better utilization than last time. Adding this fire tokens where you can find stuff and adding challenges where you can earn fire tokens and you can buy peanut butter and you can buy commodities or ways back into the game or whatever it is... Um, I right. feel like so, it's executed much, much better. Yeah. So Parvati and Danny, based off of a callback to a previous season of Survivor... With your favorite person ever. Aubrey. Found <laughs> a coin flip advantage that they could sell to someone in the game. They knew Michelle had the most tokens, and they drove her price up, sold it to her for four fire tokens after she kind of wandered around talking about how 50-50 works for a while and, like, flipping the coin. But did it eventually. Essentially, for those who didn't understand or catch on or pay attention, the advantage works where you just flip it during tribal, and if it lands on safe, you're immune. If it doesn't, you're screwed. I think that when that gets played, it's going to rival the awkwardness of Adam trying to pull the floor to lease off the uh, podium because she's going to be like, wait, Jeff, I think I'm going home. Let me flip this coin. Everybody watch. I have this coin. I'm going to flip it. None of you knew. This is going to be weird. I, I just... It's a fun concept, but if you ask me, I think it's going to be really, really odd. I mean, yeah, it definitely fits into the family of this show has too many advantages and here's yet another crazy idea. Mm-hmm. But at least they sort of limit it where they're like, you, the last time you can play this is final seven or whatever. I wasn't surprised that she bought it. Were you? No, I mean, she was definitely 
feeling like she's one of the bottom two if our assessment of Nick and Michelle being the bottom two is correct. So you got to get anything you can to stay out there. Yeah, I was disappointed we didn't get to see what the Edge people did with it. Like, they made such a big thing out of charging for it and coming together, telling everyone they found it so they could get food for everyone. But we didn't get to see what food they got. So hopefully we'll get that next week. I know next week we will get a loved one's visit. Jeff teased it as the greatest loved one visit that's ever happened. So look forward to that always. Would you believe, Ty, there are only four weeks left of this show? It definitely doesn't feel like it probably because there's like 10 people left i don't know i didn't count but that's what it feels like and it's still gonna be one more play-in opportunity so yeah things about to speed up. up it's about to get wild things are about to get wild here too i think uh, i'm ready to do our power rankings unless there's anything else you want to touch on from this app i think that i'm absolutely ready to let you know who my top three are you want me to start out number three <sighs> Sure, Ty. Number three for me this week is Kim. I think Kim feels safe, and she won immunity, and that's all I got to say about it. I feel like she's, any time you win immunity and there's no target on you, like, I don't think there's any target, you're in a good spot. I don't think she had to make moves, so she didn't, but she played well and she got immunity, so for that, she's my number three. Yeah, there's not a lot to say about Kim at this point. I feel similarly, though, that like there's a group of women who seem to just be quietly steering the game along because the guys are all out throwing each other's names out and yelling at each other. And I put her at number two because she got the big immunity win. We basically get one scene per episode of her saying exactly what's going to happen, then we forget about it, and then it happens. <laughs> so I just feel like she's easily the most underestimated winner of the people who are left, but can be pretty dangerous. That being said, I skipped over my number three to tell you that she's my number two. So I should tell you that at number three, I put Tyson. I feel like in a week where there was a lot of blood and people seeming like they weren't really in control, even though it ended up being a big group that voted together. Tyson jumped out to me in the way that he embraced the chaos and allowed himself to be part of this new crazy version of Survivor. And not only that, to do it after already being voted out once earlier in the game. Yeah, I think Tyson is playing very well. He did not make my top three this week. So for number two, I had Jeremy. And I think Jeremy just sitting back all cool and collected. That won him over? Like you said, the the godfather. Yeah, he seems like he knows exactly what's doing. As you said earlier, he talked about Sarah's move that wasn't a move in her eyes, but it was a move. Like I, I think that he just has a good handle on the game. And he just appeared to not be worried at all, which sometimes you can be lulled to sleep, but I don't think it's going to happen for him. And for that reason, I got him at my number two this week. All right. Well, since I've now flipped the tables on you completely and have already told you my number two was Kim, I guess I will tell you who my number one is. This was a week I found it really hard to do a top three and no one really jumped out as the prime player this week so i'm kind of sticking to my theory of the case that there's like this quiet group leading the way and putting sophie at number one yet again (laughs) 
which I think is the third or fourth week in a row that I've done that. Just because, like you said about Kim, no one has mentioned her name basically a single time. And she has been dictating every single vote and seems to be close with a few people. I don't know if I'm reading too much into specific moments that have happened over others, but she's the person who stands out to me the most at this stage in the game. Yeah, I could I could see that. She's She's got no targets pointed at her, and I think that she's doing well. But she didn't even make my top three because my number one this week is a guy we've already talked about. I think Tony. Because Tony went to Sarah and was talking. He is in that alliance that involves Jeremy, who seemed to be Mr. Cool this episode. And in Tribal, he said smart things and everybody laughed. And I don't think he is ready to go home. At one point, he walked up. I can't remember who was having the discussion, but it was almost like they loved that Tony was there to be a part of the discussion moving forward with what was going to happen at Tribal. And I think that that's a really good look. So for that, I have Tony at number one this week. Wow. So there you have it. Almost completely different top threes, but we both had Kim, surprisingly, even though she's been a very quiet player. Kim three, Jeremy two, Tony one for Ty. Tyson three, Kim two, Sophie one for me, leaving out Michelle, Sarah, Denise, Ben, and Nick. And that's not to say those players don't have a route forward. I think, obviously, we've talked about Nick and Michelle having the hardest route forward, but I just feel like, as of right now, those are the people that are playing, or at least played the best over this three-day stretch, as opposed to the full scope of the game, which sometimes I look at. Ben certainly was the most entertaining player if not of the episode of the immunity challenge, as he, like, jujitsued his way through the whole thing only to eventually lose. I felt like I could watch him do that all day. Unfortunately, I can't listen to us talk all day. So, probably going to start wrapping things up here on this end of the podcast. How has your emotional state changed during this time, Ty? Uh, it has not I'm still excited. I'm excited for this to move forward. I'm not scared. I, this is this is a weird question. Are you, like, worried about corona? Are you worried oh. about COVID-19? Do you want to get into this? <laughs> Just I, Maybe it's way too long of a discussion. Maybe you can write this in a review if somebody wants to leave a review. Are you worried about coronavirus? But, like, I'm not worried. And that could be totally wrong. But... I'm just sitting here and it's like, okay, if I quarantine and I don't go anywhere and I just stay safe, like, what is there to worry about? (laughs) I feel like, I mean, I I have two main thoughts since we're trying to wrap up. I think without getting too heavy, one thing is that I am worried about spreading it more than I am getting it just because of our particular age group and like... I do know of people and people around me who have it now. And like, it is kind of scary when they're older. So I'm like concerned about that piece of it because you still do have to go out to the store and like buy stuff every now and then. Mm -hmm. But like, I also feel like this is a chance for us to learn what is important and and 
how we spend our time and how we choose to spend our time, especially going forward whenever it is that this is over, because people say a lot that like social stuff is dead and people just spend all their time on their phones or computers or whatever. But I think a lot of people are really just missing being around people right now. (laughs) And I think like that is hopefully proof of something. And hopefully, like you said, everybody will stay inside, flatten the curve and we can get through this sooner rather than later but it feels like it might be a while my, my prediction ty if we're just gonna go in this direction is i don't think we're gonna see sports this year i i don't think we're gonna see sports until like spring or summer of next next year that's how i feel right now yeah well the nba is shooting for a christmas start so we'll see if that happens and the masters is apparently in november so looking forward to that Anyway, stay safe out there. Support your local businesses. Uh, Hopefully everybody is able to keep working during all of this. In the meantime, we got Survivor. Really crazy to have one of the best seasons in Survivor history happening during this. (laughs) Yeah, why couldn't all this happen last season? Like, why couldn't... Oh my god. Wait, but can you imagine, though, if last season's Survivor was happening right now, I would just want the world to end. That's true. That's true. So it's a a weird blessing that we have this season, when everyone has to sit inside, we get to watch this exciting season of Survivor. Yeah. All right, well, until next time, like Ty said, go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, listen on Spotify... Tell all your other friends who are quarantined and looking for something to do with their free time. For Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor Gaines. Until next time, remember, just as a world, we can all be a little bit nicer to each other. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again.